0: radical left has taken over the Democratic Party. Hello and welcome to Think Progressively, covering politics and all the other chaos life has to offer.
1: We are back! due to unpopular demand. We're bored and things are just making us too angry.
0: But this is episode 60 recorded on Friday, May 27th from Milwaukee. I'm Joe
1: and I'm Jason.
0: On today's episode, we are going to recap some of the headlines we missed while we were away,
1: which is quite a lot since we were uh, away yeah, for 5 months. I, I don't there,
0: <laughs> nothing really happened. Right, Joe Biden's president. <laughs> It's It's going so well. Nothing's going on. Let's talk about it. To the headlines! The fact is that everything he's saying so far is simply a lie. I'm not here to call out his lies, everybody knows he's a liar.
1: So let's start with the most recent story—the one that we're still getting some information on from a couple days ago. Oh, you mean the Buffalo shooting? Not, not that shooting. Oh,
0: not that. There was one after that. There
1: was, yeah, there was another one after the Tucker Carlson-fueled white supremacist shooting in Buffalo. There's a different one in Uvalde, Texas. An 18-year-old first killed his grandmother, then drove to rob elementary. School where he somehow crashed his car into a ditch near the school. Shot at some people who were outside. They were they were coming out of a funeral home across the street. Calls were made to nine one one right at that point. They obviously they knew he had a gun. He went inside the school. There were some initial reports that he had been confronted by uh, one of the like school police officers that we have to have in this country for some reason that apparently is not true that was being contradicted yeah
0: so there's conflicting report yeah. we're still learning about these like as we're going on right now
1: but basically he made his way inside of the school got inside a fourth grade class which apparently had like two classrooms that were attached with like an adjoining door yeah like you get at hotel rooms sometimes uh, he was inside of that classroom for about an hour uh, killing 19 students and two faculty members uh, we know one was a teacher before he himself was killed by border patrol tactical officers the police say that they believed that he was barricaded inside of that classroom and that all of the kids inside were already dead. And that's why they waited so long to enter. They treated it as like he's barricaded inside of this room. There's no one else alive inside of there with him. And they waited for a janitor to bring them keys and for the tactical officers to arrive.
0: Am I crazy?
1: (laughs) What? (laughs) That's their story as the the last updates that i saw because I, police arrived on scene approximately 12 minutes after he crashed his car as did parents right because that yeah it, it the school immediately alerted everyone the teacher inside the school got an alert that there was a gunman inside the school she went to the door according to an eyewitness report of 11 year old girl that report also does contradict the police reports of them saying they thought everyone inside that classroom was dead because because she said that once he was in the other room, the adjoining room to theirs, they got the the cell phone from their dead teacher and called 911 to tell them that they needed help because it was their understanding that, well, the police must not be here yet because nothing's happening. This guy's just Jesus shooting everyone uh, in this other room. We're going to link to that account that was given. It's, it's pretty horrendous. I... You think of the types of Things that kind of define like these these readiness drills that have always kind of defined the different eras growing up. You well, know, in the 50s and 60s, you had the nuclear drills like, oh, hide under your desk to save yourself from a nuclear yeah. bomb. In my era, the 80s and 90s, we always had tornado drills. And now kids today have drills when someone gets into your school with an assault rifle and is going to kill everyone. That's just a normal part of your day that you have. Maybe we can come up with like a cartoon mascot, <laughs> Timmy the AK forty seven. That's you know I'm gonna get you. and You know the kids. Arnie can hide the from AR. Him. Yeah, uh, and and kids can hide from the assault rifle. Oh my god, make it a thing.
0: You know I do remember. So about this was before the pandemic. I talked to my old music teacher at my old high school, and he was talking to me about their schools or my old schools active shooter drills that they were doing. And basically what they were doing is they're doing a month. Every Friday, they would do an active shooter drill for like a month. And it was like a different portion of an active shooter situation. His portion was, what would you do if the shooter gets in? What do you do? And basically, this music teacher, I want to make that very clear. A music teacher had to then talk to These are high scores, at least at this point, not even like middle scores or elementary scores like the victims here, are talking these kids through, all right, what in this classroom can we use as a weapon? What can we use as a shield? What can you dive behind? What can, what can you do? How will we rush the shooter together to make sure that... Only less some of us, of us die. Less of us Damn. get killed. And he told me that and he was like, I didn't go to school for this, man. Right. I- I'm a music teacher.
1: <laughs> well, you know, if Republicans have their way, that will be part of the training to become a teacher.
0: Well, it infuriates me because we've been talking about this for years, about how pissed off you and I are that we are having a, a tactical-based policing unit in our country. It's always been about brute force army or military style gear and they're going over the top every
1: single moment they can They have to have superior firepower overwhelming force
0: and then when it comes time to use that in texas are you really telling me right now that in texas they're not prepared to storm a school if needed
1: No, if- from the the video accounts i've seen they spent most of their time arguing with Tackling and handcuffing parents and
0: pulling tasers on parents, yeah,
1: who are screaming for them to actually do something to help their children. I I can't believe I literally cannot understand what is going on here. Personally, I will let me say this: I have never defended police once on this podcast. All cops are bad. Complete reform of the police system. It's a the horrible system to begin with. It's only used to protect capital. It, it's not to protect and serve. That is a lie. So that to start off with but let me actually defend the police in this scenario we also live in a country where someone can literally have a military grade arsenal on them at all times and that's the reality of what they were walking into right so yeah as a police officer am i going to rush through the door when this guy's probably got a machine gun on the other side of it i don't know that's that's why i'm not a police officer there's a lot of respect responsibility. responsibility that comes along with that but they're willing to do it in the middle of the night to deliver a warrant for dealing drugs or someone who's associated with someone who's suspected of dealing drugs (laughs) they're willing to just shoot first and ask questions later so it's in this case when you literally there are small children their lives on the line that they weren't willing to just charge in and deal with what they're going to find inside is surprising, I think.
0: Well, you know, nothing will be done about it. Nothing at no, all
1: will be well, done. Well, because of the fact that they waited for so long, I guarantee, like, the police chief's probably going to have to resign. There'll be some people that resign and keep their full pensions because the union will make sure of that. But beyond that, are there going to be any consequences? No, and we'll we'll talk about why.
0: Well, let's do that. Let's talk about, did you see um some of the aftermath of this? So, obviously, Greg Abbott has been on TV a lot talking about the shooting giving more details if you guys don't know greg ebb is the governor of texas who is actually going to be challenged this year by beto o'rourke who's running for governor and beto confronted him did you happen to see this jason
1: i did see um you couldn't i couldn't really hear what beto was saying most of the time is kind of interrupted by
0: you are out of line (laughs) sir everyone you are out of line
1: all those old fat white sheriffs (laughs) that were on the stage. No, that I was know, Dan Patrick who was yelling. Well, it was him, but there were so, there, were, a couple there, there people, were people in front of yeah. it, like that were separating. And yeah, the, the lieutenant cabin. governor Dan Patrick, yeah. who was a lunatic as well.
0: I love the fact that, like, when Beto goes up to the stage, the sheriffs come in and like are trying to stand between him and the governor, like they're about to break up a fight. And like, dude, just standing in front of a stage, you can calm down. <laughs> Like they were, about, they are thinking he was going to lash out at any moment at him. Like, good God, man! You guys jumped in
1: faster than those other officers did, at least. Stop trying to grandstand at our grandstanding press conference.
0: But I do highly recommend watching the video of him. We'll link in the show notes. There was also Steve Kerr. If you saw that, I think he did the right yeah, thing. Yeah, the
1: uh, Warriors coach, Golden yep. State Warriors coach, former basketball player.
0: Yep, he's done this before. But basically, he came out after the game and basically, instead of answering any questions about the game, he immediately started. Are talking about the shooting and how we need gun reform now yeah so.
1: his political analysis was a little off but well I mean I think Mac- he still thinks that he's a Mitch McConnell coach. is the majority uh- yeah <laughs> The speaker of the house, but whatever
0: you got to close, <laughs> give him a B. Plus, so the sentiment
1: was correct, if not the details of his argument. We have a related story. Uh, the NRA is getting ready to hold its 2022 annual meeting in Houston this weekend, uh, starting today. Yep, they're perfect timing <laughs> for, for some reason, they're not canceling it, but they are going to have some headlining speakers, including former president Donald Trump, Texas Senator Ted Cruz and South Dakota Governor Christy Nome. Both. The governor and lieutenant governor, who we just talked about, Greg Abbott and Dan Patrick, have canceled their appearances, but Greg Abbott is still scheduled to have a pre-recorded speech to be played at the
0: meeting. That's so damn disrespectful. Oh my God. I mean, just imagine having your governor talk about literally in one sentence how horrible this shooting was, and then in the next sentence he's telling another group of people, yeah, we're not going to do a damn thing over here. You're fine.
1: And your senior senator speaking at at basically a party for guns it's a gun party of course it is and he he has no shame and he's been in the news Ted Cruz here right after this shooting so after a tragic school shooting elementary school shooting that killed 19 children that were all in fourth grade so 10 or 11 years old generally in his home state I'll have to give it up to Ted Cruz. He bravely called for door control after this terrible tragedy that took the life of 19 small children. And what what would door control entail? Uh, Well, the quote from Mr. Cruz is, One of the things that everyone agreed is don't have all these unlocked back doors. Have one door into and out of the school and have armed police officers at that door. As he told Fox News on Wednesday. So, you know, when someone does inevitably get into that school with a gun, as has happened in multiple other instances where people were confronted with armed officials and just killed them because that's usually what happens. You know what you're there for. You're going to generally fire before anyone knows what's going on.
0: Well, and I, okay.
1: Then they won't have anywhere else to go. And they'll all have to run at the person with the gun.
0: Well, and on top of that, I mean, then we were talking about the idea of how that's an absolute fire hazard. Right. Or, but, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, but then on top of
0: that, I've been to multiple elementary like and high schools.
1: against a building code. Your house has to have two.
0: Well, right. <laughs> but on top, and I've seen so many people use this stupid argument before. I had not seen all these unlocked back doors that <laughs> these people think that are in schools. There are lots of
1: doors in the back. You can't get into any of them so what are you talking about and well you know the real problem is doors that's such a stupid idea this you know every other country that doesn't have school shootings they all have doors it's not a problem well i think what makes me really
0: angry about the whole thing is i'm so done with the like post hoc justifications for why this is just fine i'm so done and there's there's a weird thing in the united states where we see the absolute worst in people in trying to defend gun rights and i i don't know why even when it comes to the murder of children, they will go out of their way to make up any excuse to justify having a gun. And it's so bizarre. And we'll talk about some really bizarre reasons coming from our own states or our own center real soon. But, you know, we've heard things like door control. I've heard things about how we're getting rid of the traditional family. And that's why these are happening. Literally, I've heard the because we're letting same sex parents have kids and they're having all these horribly psychopathic kids now because they have two moms or two dads. I've seen that firsthand
1: never happened before we legalized gay marriage never once
0: no it's insane and i'm so sick of this argument of how we have to arm teachers yeah yep that is one of the dumbest ideas we've had first off just the idea of having more guns in schools where they're on average on a good average you're seeing around a what 20 to 30 students per teacher ratio
1: yeah that's that's mild
0: right that's like what i grew up with so on average you're gonna see at least 20 30 students that have a potential to have a gun even without a shooter so you're going to have more students either sneak in do something stupid or find a way to get to a gun some type possible but even in the best situations you're going to have teachers who have no idea what they're doing they don't want to take this training about gun safety and gun courses and because they don't want to be the next marine they don't want to be john wick
1: and we saw trained police officers unwilling to confront the gunman because they were worried that they were going to get shot Or we're expecting our teachers to do it. And what happens, and you know this is 100% going to happen, what happens when the first time a teacher kills a student happens due to this?
0: Oh, it'll just be another bad apple.
1: (laughs) I mean, literally, that's what it'll be. Well, I mean, like, even by accident, like, I was trying to stop a shooter and I fired and I'm sorry I hit, you know, little Timmy. It it won't matter. It's gonna happen. It won't matter because at the end of the day, people
0: will find any reason to justify having more guns in people's hands.
1: And they, they say, well, we'll have ex-cops or ex-military protect ours why do we need that that's so ridiculous okay
0: let's let's talk about that too so we should have ex-cops and ex-military because for some reason now they give a shit about veterans but also they always say like we should let them volunteer to do it you know how many days of the school year there are
1: you think we're gonna have volunteers and who's the type of person that's gonna volunteer to be around kids all the time
0: well and they're also gonna need training so now you have to spend more. well they assume
1: that they already have they were in the military, they were no. in the police, they're trained. No,
0: they're not. <laughs>
1: That's the justification. Oh my god. And what are they saying? We're gonna have to spend more money on education. They're always voting to cut right. education funding.
0: And if you haven't seen, speaking of Ted Cruz, did you see him um, get confronted by that one reporter?
1: The Sky News
0: yeah
1: reporter, yeah,
0: and just get, like run away like a little coward.
1: And the question was, why does this only happen in America?
0: Well, I have the tra- I'm gonna read you the transcript. Yeah. You ready? Yeah, so. After the question was asked, Cruz started by saying there are 19 sets of parents who are never going to get to kiss their child goodnight again. And then the guy goes back, okay, is this the moment to reform gun laws? Cruz responds, you know, it's easy to go into politics. Reporter interjected saying, but it's important. It's at the heart of the issue. Cruz goes back and says, I get that's where the media likes to go. And this back and forth keeps going on over and over again, where the guy who's reporting does not let Cruz give an inch. Eventually Cruz runs away. The reporter. follows him.
1: Other reporters they, were also yeah. asking the same question because they also didn't want him to just be able to run. From that literally run from the question.
0: Right. So he asked one more time, but why does this happen in your country? Cruz really grabs him by the shoulders and says, you know what? You've got your political agenda. God love you. Why is it that people come from all over the world to America? This is the freest, most prosperous, safest country on
1: earth. And stop being a propagandist. That is 100% not true. No, it's bullshit. Stop being a propagandist after I spout my propaganda. Oh my God. And the, the guy asked, why is America that part of american exceptionalism so bad and cruz just you could see the short circuit in his brain where he didn't understand really what that that question is just you said american exceptionalism was bad i'm sorry you feel that way like no idiot you didn't understand the question <laughs> is why is that that american exceptionalism as in we are the only country in the world that has frequent school shootings why is that aspect of american exceptionalism happening and ted cruz is like you said american exceptionalism is bad well it is because it's a stupid idea that has no basis in fact
0: well ron johnson our center has an answer yeah yeah he'll be happy to answer those
1: questions for hopefully only the rest of this year no kidding
0: so ron johnson we on business today to blame schools teaching wokeness for the school shooting in Texas, saying, quote, the solution lies in stronger families, more supportive communities, I would argue, a renewed faith. We've lost all of that. We stopped teaching values in so many of our schools. Now we're teaching wokeness. We're indoctrinating our children with things like CRT telling, you know, some children they're not equal to others and they're the cause of the our people's problems.
1: So our, It's the school curriculum that is causing all of the shootings. And when
0: he got challenged on Fox News, by the way, that school shootings have been way before Fox News and Republicans started talking about CRT and wokeness. He responds, well, I think CRT has been going under the radar for quite some time as well. Wokeness has been. Liberal indoctrination has been. This is a much larger issue that what a simple new gun law is going to do. It's not going to solve it. It's not going to solve it.
1: We don't need gun laws. We need to stop teaching about slavery.
0: This is insane. Again, when we're talking about the rationalizations of why we should keep our guns, this is absolutely crazy and of course there's other parts in that same interview we'll link that in the show notes as well where he just keeps talking about how there should be no federal action on gun reform at all and that should only be left up to the states and that's it
1: and why would all of these senators Ted Cruz Ron Johnson I heard Lindsey Graham someone asked him that same why does this only happen in America question And he said he doesn't know he doesn't know why someone would shoot their grandmother that he has no answers why how, how come none of these senators will say hey it's you know probably one of the reasons is we have more guns than people in this country and it's so very easy to get a gun maybe that's part of it how come they won't say that what is what is the real reason patriotism that, that, is it because they just love the second Freedom. amendment that much well yeah. i often, am i right Did I, win? I, i i don't think so i instead will counter with the list of lawmakers that get the most money from gun rights groups oh which you won't be surprised the top 20 are all republicans Uh, number one ted cruz where have we heard that name recently (laughs) Uh, who received four hundred and forty two thousand dollars more than any other member of congress currently number two steve scalise a representative from Louisiana. Number three, the other Texas senator, John Cornyn, who is supposed to be working on the <laughs> bipartisan gun control legislation. I I don't think that's going to turn into anything for some reason. Uh, Number four, Lindsey Graham. Surprise, surprise. Maybe that's why he doesn't know, because he's paid to not know the answer to that question. Number five, the turtle himself, Mitch McConnell, who also, oh, he's going to work with John Cornyn to come up with the solution. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. They're bought and paid for by gun rights groups. They're not going to do anything. Number six, Devin Nunes, uh, who is not going to be a representative for much longer. Now he's heading up Trump's uh, social media app. Perfect, perfect move. You know,
0: when we talk about always moving your career in a vertical direction, right, you're always trying to go higher and aim higher. The CEO of a failing social media company. Perfect move.
1: (laughs) Continuing on the list, we have Wisconsin's own Ron Johnson. Oh, why doesn't he want any type of legislation for gun control? Again, bought and paid for two hundred twenty-three thousand dollars contributed to his campaign. Followed by Kevin McCarthy, so the other Republican leader in Congress, and then Pete Sessions, also from Texas, and Steve Daines from Montana, to round out the top ten list. Wow, of people who receive money from gun advocacy groups. And if that weren't bad enough, the big problem, why any type of gun control will not happen in this country. The major reason. So per OpenSecrets.org, who tracks all of this different lobbyist spending in Washington, since 1998, there have been $189 million spent lobbying gun rights legislation. So pro-gun advocacy groups have spent $189 million to purchase politicians in that same time, only $28 million has been spent for lobbying for gun control. So you want to know why we'll never get gun control is because there's no money to be made nope. on gun control. Plenty of money to be made on gun rights. To give you like some kind of uh, context for that $28 million, $27 million, and this is separate from the $189 million being spent... For lobbying gun rights, $27 million, almost the same amount as gun control lobbying, has been spent on just gun manufacturing legislation lobbying alone. So just like making it easier for gun manufacturers to exist or sell their products or to keep them away from any kind of responsibility when their guns are used, that just on that alone is the same amount spent on gun control lobbying. Because so they're just buying politics. They're buying representation, which the Supreme Court ruled is uh, just free speech. And that's why nothing will ever get done. That's why we're the only only country in the world that has frequent school shootings where your kids have to grow up being taught how to hide from people with guns who are going to kill them in their classrooms like they're growing up in some kind of weird horror movie franchise where you have to learn how to hide from Freddy while you're in your classroom
0: it's really freaking sad man
1: really sad nothing we can do
0: Well, speaking of nothing we can do. So there was some news that happened while we were gone. (laughs) Probably the biggest
1: international story. I I know it's pretty deep cut. (laughs) And something that we predicted and talked about previously. So some of you may have known that
0: Russia completely invaded Ukraine, leading to the largest invasion in Europe's history and put us on the brink of World War Three.
1: And we can dunk on some of the other progressive outlets out there who were saying that it was never gonna happen yeah that this wouldn't happen it was all just u.s propaganda i'm not sure which episode it was in when we talked about this potentially happening i just took it as they annexed crimea in 2014 they're totally going to invade ukraine like they're amassing troops at the border it's not for nothing all right so we were right take that libs you were wrong <laughs> According to the UN, at least
0: 4,031 civilians have died in Ukraine since the invasion, and that would also include 261 children who were killed.
1: And most of that is in the eastern regions, where right now the fighting is most intense. And that's since February 24th, when the invasion occurred. So look at that—we go on break, and the whole world falls apart. Yeah, okay. And
0: we're not going to go too much into this because obviously you guys already know about this. This is—it's such
1: a big story. Right. Too. There's no way to really go over but it.
0: But I think it's something that is worth touching on. And one of the biggest reasons why is because we're really seeing war in the information age. We're seeing what happens when we're seeing a new age of propaganda, disinformation, misinformation, and how that's playing out in a literal, like, gigantic war scenario. So, obviously, you may have heard about how Russia is going into Ukraine to denazify?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the Ukrainians are all fat. Fascists, and Russia's got to step in and save the world from the Nazis once again. Right,
0: But in the meantime, Russia is arresting protesters left and right, legalize calling the action a actual prisonable offense,
1: which is kind of sad. Special military operation. Yeah, but it's not
0: that. You're going <laughs> to jail, buddy. <laughs> Don't so, call yeah. it an
1: invasion or a war. Ukraine is full of the fascists, not Russia. Yeah, their president is Jewish, but they're all Nazis. Right.
0: And then I think what scares me, Jason, is we're not seeing it now, because it's not the hot button issue anymore right now it's unfortunately the shootings but we saw a lot of pro-putin pro-russia propaganda from within the united states especially on things like fox news oh
1: right when so when this invasion first like the first couple days tucker carlson was like yeah of course i want russia to win the war i want because they didn't know what the overall sentiment would be so they were playing the well trump loves putin so i'm sure half the country you know all of my listeners are going to be pro-putin so i'll get out in front of it i'll tell them that they should be pro-putin and uh, he miscalculated on that one because there is a huge like anti-war sentiment that again it's it's a white person war you don't want to see those kinds of images on tv of people that look like you being gunned down in the streets yeah that feels wrong even if you're a fox news viewer all
0: right and i i will say i mean yes there's been a lot of disagreement, especially around like the European Union about what the um, what to do with this whole thing. But I am kind of happy to say that the entire world, for the most part, is in agreement about standing up to Russia in this case.
1: I was surprised we t- when we talked about this. I said I didn't think that Germany would stand up to Russia. I,
0: I didn't think so either
1: when they were going to invade because that was the big thing was the the pipeline, the oil pipeline, yeah, uh, with between Russia and Germany, and they immediately canceled it, and you know the all of the, the EU and NATO basically are in agreement. To, they're not really doing everything they can no, to not, sanction I mean, not by a long shot. Russia. They'll still make some money on Russia and they're not going to stop their the corporations from their countries from making money with Russia. But they did a lot of the big uh, showy things like uh, not allowing transfers to Russian banks, things like that. They're still buying Russian oil. Well, but.
0: right. Because of also those sanctions and supply chain Issues from the war—it's causing huge inflation
1: right now. No, it's because we oh, got uh, money. We got the Build Back Better bill that most of didn't pass. <laughs> and was like a year ago. That's the reason for inflation, Joe. Because we got Joe Biden in huh? office. Those liberals are spending too much money.
0: Well, and it's insane. I mean, so I've heard multiple economists talk about this. And actually interestingly enough, if you want to be fully transparent and nuanced about the whole thing, they do say that at least his COVID relief bill. The economists were concerned back at the time that the large sum of money that was being spent, which I would still argue and actually some of those economists still argue that it was the right thing to do, was a big cause of the initial inflation shooting up sounds good but the idea was do you do that or do you have way more consequences down the line that you know people are going to not have food people are not going to have um actually any money to pay for rent and things like that so okay fine the rest of it is all to deal with the russian war china shutting down and worldwide trade still recovering from the
1: pandemic a lot of it is i mean so inflation it's not even necessarily actually inflation but well right it's shortages on goods that's what's driving up the prices and some of it is just plain profiteering when you look at oil prices I'll
0: say, yeah um there are plenty of charts out there right now that are showing that oil production companies are making record
1: profits during this time and like oil barrel prices have gone down but oil but gasoline prices have not because they know that people will pay it let's go brandon <laughs> it's all joe biden's It's that 600 hundred dollar check we all got a year and a half ago
0: i mean it is really sad though because when people see gas prices go up blaming the president is the first thing they think of and we've talked about this before where no the president doesn't make gas prices go up and down especially in this situation but psychologically people will say well joe biden's the leader it's up to him to make things better
1: everyone was blaming donald trump for four dollar gas when he began his presidency right Well, and
0: you i mean they were and then you saw well you saw the liberals were and then you had conservatives correcting them saying no the president doesn't actually affect gas prices the way it You know, so stop saying it. And immediately they turned around and started blaming Joe Biden for it. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And they did the same thing with Obama as well, which, again, drives me crazy. There's just no honesty at all with these people.
1: We will say currently the, you know, the, if you haven't been following it, which you should, the initial assault stalled. Um, It was an assault from, you know, basically all fronts except for NATO controlled areas like, like Poland. But the Russian assault, which is kind of surprising, Russia being so much larger and so much more advanced militarily, but their assault stalled out in bigger cities, uh, Lviv, Kharkiv, and uh, the capital, Kiev. So now the Russian forces have moved away from those areas, and they're focused on the eastern and southeastern regions, including Mariupol, which there's a million stories um, out of that, say the tragedy, war crimes, attempted genocide, Mm-hmm. Like just a lot of, of, of horrible things going on there. And then, of course, Donetsk and Luhansk, the the regions that most people anticipate Russia will attempt to annex, much like they did Crimea in 2014.
0: So let's bring things back home. You guys also didn't know there was a primary a little bit ago. Well, there actually has been a lot of primaries for a little while. But the recent ones for Pennsylvania, Georgia, North Carolina were really the big start of primary season as far as contested primaries go. With many of the eyes on Pennsylvania, we have two races that we wanted to talk about. And I mean, there wasn't really much drama over the Democratic side in any of these primaries, to be honest. Most were unchallenged. The only real challenged one was the Pennsylvania Senate, which was John Fetterman versus Connor Lamb. And oh God, I don't remember the other guy's name. Sorry, other <laughs> guy. You got you got like 10% of the vote, so whatever. Um unimportant. That was but, his name. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a very unfortunate because he's the only person of color that was running. But um John Fetterman one handedly in that taking a large majority of the vote which is kind of cool and then had a stroke and then literally had a stroke and couldn't even accept the win So uh, it was very interesting, but I think that's a very good win for progressives in that area. I think Federman's going to be a great candidate who he's going to run against is another story because as of right now, it looks like it's going to be Dr. Oz
1: and Mehmet Oz, everyone's favorite quack.
0: So the Senate primary for the Republicans were, it was a three way for the most part between uh, McCormick Oz and Barnett. McCormick was the traditional Republican. He was a hedge fund manager. Weirdly enough, not from Pennsylvania. Um, from connecticut actually but if you guys don't know you actually can run for seats that you don't currently live in as long as you move in there by the time you're sworn in so mccormick was actually destined to win but then mem and oz came in as trump's big i don't know trumpy candidate i don't even know what his yeah deal
1: was. it's the the and we'll get to another one of those candidates in a second but it seems to be the trump inspired like tv yeah. star that's really not qualified at all for the position but has a lot of name recognition, so that might actually help him win for some reason. Because well, and we're he pushed hard. Stupid. I mean, his
0: main issues were like around the pandemic and the idea of like vaccine freedom and masks and things like that. So who I mean,
1: wouldn't listen to Oprah's doctor? Well, right, because he's a freaking quack.
0: And then those were supposed to be the main two, but we had Kathy Barnett come into play, who was actually I have no idea who Kathy Barnett. She
1: was a very extre- she's well, like yeah, extreme. She's like extreme. Extremist well, was she, conservative was she a state rep? Who was she? oh I'm not sure. That's what. That's why I don't. Remember. I know she was very critical of Trump when he first was running in the primary, the Republican primary for president, because she, like a lot of people, assumed that he was a fake conservative since he was always pals with. Like Bill Clinton back in the day and seemed like someone who was just running because he was famous. So she pointed that out. And then once he became the new leader of the Republican Party, then she... Fully embrace the the Trumpian way.
0: So, okay, I actually, full full disclosure, I never even looked up Barnett's history. I just know that she was a crazy person before this. So she's never actually held any office before. She was a financial analyst for many years and then got into political commentary on Facebook and just did Facebook videos. <laughs> then her videos got her to become a guest on Fox or Friends every now and then.
1: Qualified. Which
0: then made her a regular commentary on Philadelphia conservative radio which then pushed her to OAN and Newsmax, and then she ran for Senate. So
1: it, you can tell the type of candidate that she is based
0: well, on. Well, so let, let's talk about, I mean, to be honest, I'm actually more intrigued about Kathy Barnett than I am about, about Dr. Oz. I, I'm going to go full disclosure there, because this woman came onto the scene who was hardcore conservative. Again, she is a crazy conservative Christian. I want to make that very clear. Like blows both McCormick and Oz way out of the water. And the way she talked about it is she didn't get the Trump nomination because she wasn't projected to win and Trump's a, a scared little
1: coward who doesn't. Well, and she criticized him in the past. Sure, which he you cannot do that.
0: But she always talked about how she was MAGA before MAGA or MAGA before Trump. Whatever she said, she was definitely at the January sixth rally. And her main claim or her main issue that she ran on was abortion. Hardcore pro life candidate, where apparently her mom was raped and had her, and she is the product of an unfortunate rape.
1: That is the best argument for abortion I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> and literally, the argument is if. My mom wasn't raped, I wouldn't be born today. Um, and if she had an abortion, I wouldn't be born today. So yeah, she's kinda crazy. But what's interesting about that is even though she was projected to not do anything, within like the last like three weeks, she sprung onto the scene and actually with some polls had her winning the entire primary. She ended up taking a quarter of the vote away from these people, which is kind of crazy. I'm gonna be a whole hundred percent honest. So it means just a random crazy woman who just goes onto Facebook and conservative talk radio.
1: She did have a lot of the media. T- attention especially near the end
0: but i think that's what's really interesting about it is and again maybe it's just this idea that republicans really like outsiders but you have somebody who knows absolutely nothing she's hardcore right like the most extreme right you can be and she still gets a quarter of the primary vote without much of a
1: campaign but yet somehow we both knew about her and i wasn't really paying that much attention right so that's what fascinates me but
0: also scares me because that means just any yahoo now can become a potential person running our government on the
1: republican side as long as you can get mainstream media attention well unfortunately we'll talk about that
0: in the gubernatorial race but as of right now we actually still don't know who the winner is yeah
1: there's they've already announced there's gonna be a uh, recount there will
0: be a recount dr oz is currently leading mccormick by less than one thousand votes although dr oz just recently
1: declared victory today after being prompted by trump to declare victory for the past so now he declared
0: victory so now if mccormick wins i'm so i hope i mean yes i would already. want McCormick to win
1: it's never happened before in but i would so Pennsylvania love- history that someone who was losing during a recount would have won that's- right so i doubt it but
0: right but i i mean could you imagine the chaos stop yeah, the steel would go yeah. crazy i and mean it's, it's a republican
1: get- primary oh
0: that's so, what but- makes it so good <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be great. So even more so because in the Pennsylvania Republican gubernatorial primary, Doug Mastriano, again, person who is extreme right wing, was at the January 6th rally, ran on stop the steal, literally hardcore conspiracy theorist, win hands down, not even close race. He had several other establishment Republicans running for that race. And this guy who was Trump's pick at the end, because again, Trump waits for people who are going to win to make it sound like he's padding his numbers and guy destroys i i do truly i don't even know what to think about this because my first thought obviously is he'll be an easier opponent to run <laughs> in, against but i don't know man i ever since trump i don't want to take any chances yeah
1: it's all gonna come down to turnout
0: right oh, well and what scares me more is so Mastriano didn't have much of a campaign he was way outspent by the other republican candidates but where he had help was actually from the democratic candidate josh shapiro so josh shapiro wasn't actually contested in his primary. Mary. So he spent all of his money pushing Doug Mastriano ads to get people to vote for Doug Mastriano. And it worked. So I hope they know what they're doing over there because I am scared to death. (laughs) Because if this guy wins, he's already said on day one, he is going to officially ban all CRT teaching in school. He is going to create a committee to investigate the 2020 election fraud or 2020 election. He will, let's put it this way, in Pennsylvania, they actually nominate their secretaries of state from the governor's office. So he'll actually nominate nominate a super crazy secretary of state over there. It's going to be really bad if he wins.
1: So the let's stop government waste party is going to be once again wasting a whole lot of government money on nothing so those were the really bad <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad that's not the end of it the
0: bad news well i mean there was a lot he
1: had herschel walker the other i am a complete idiot like herschel walker can't oh, put he's together a moron. two full sentences and he easily won his primary in georgia
0: so well okay let's move to georgia then so in georgia i think the big one that a lot of political coast were worried about was brian kemp for governor who is the incumbent versus david purdue so if you guys who don't know who david purdue is he's a former senator and got recently ousted by john ossoff and a really bad candidate overall just to be fully honest he was actually contacted by trump apparently multiple times i don't know if you saw these stories jason but apparently like he was at several different dinners where he would show people his phone and it was just tons of calls from donald trump <laughs> trying to get him to run for governor so he eventually says yes
1: and the reason obviously Donald Trump hates the governor of Georgia is because he refused to do things that he cannot do which would be overturn the election in Georgia yep for Donald Trump
0: so David Perdue who is a very establishment quiet Republican becomes the stop this deal candidate yeah,
1: one of the richest Republicans in the Senate when yep. he was there
0: and just started talking about non-stop conspiracy theories people were concerned because they thought that purdue had name recognition and that he was gonna do very well against brian kemp because there was a lot of issues with brian kemp after the um, 2020 election not so
1: (laughs) not close at all kemp
0: won by over 50 points and destroyed david purdue and
1: also the incumbent secretary of state won in georgia that uh, trump had called for yep
0: also not close yep well
1: called for his removal to be the the secretary of state that trump basically asked to find, you know, the uh that was Brad Raffensperger. Right. Yeah. To find the votes to <laughs> to overturn the election. Yeah, I need
0: eighty so, seven hundred votes or something right, like that. Right. Well So
1: and- he won. And that's again somebody so that kind of contradicts all of these pro Trump candidates winning when some of the like the candidates that Trump hated the most in Georgia, the, the people that he thinks cost him the election, uh, won
0: well, easily. And I think it's worth noting as well that both brian kemp and brad Raffensperger, while they defied trump they're not anti-trump both brian kemp and Raffens- Raffensperger said they would support trump in the next election if he ran they obviously had the super controversial voting bills that were put forth in georgia which caused huge controversies including the mob moving their all-star game <laughs> out of georgia so they're trumpy but not trump-y? trump doesn't like them right
1: is really what it boils
0: so down. it's interesting to see like where trump's influence goes i mean obviously i do think people are over Blowing Trump's endorsements for a lot of these people. So, like, we talked about the Ohio primary a while back, and JD Vance was the one that won in that race. And everyone was trying to say that Trump won, you know, because JD Vance was the most at risk candidate, even though JD Vance was still by far the most, like, the front runner of that race almost the
1: entire time.
0: So, I don't know. Another loss I will say that Trump did have, though, was in North Carolina. And this is probably my favorite news of the
1: night. <laughs> one of the worst Republican congressmen.
0: Dude bro in a wheelchair, Madison Cawthorn, has been ousted in his primary, which I can not believe I'm so happy about.
1: Yeah, I mean, the circumstances I'm not entirely thrilled with but yeah, I'm just glad he's gone. He's horrible. Like, I don't care that. Yeah, it's, he's probably a victim in this and that his party turned on him after he, oh, totally he uh, became a whistleblower with some of their activities, <laughs> but whatever he sucks.
0: Well, let's, let's talk about it. So I think Madison Cawthorn, yes, could have been a victim, but at the same time was also by far his own worst enemy. Right? So he became really infamous in the Republican circles after he had the whole Coke and orgies interview where he said, yeah, lots of Republicans invited me over to have cocaine and orgy parties that pissed off a lot of republicans even to the point where um senator tom tillis from north carolina put in i think what it was like three million dollars or something like that into running against madison cawthorn
1: hey you don't t- rule number one of the cocaine orgy club is you don't talk about the cocaine Orgy. apparently orgies. not uh, didn't he get divorced like really quickly cawthorn yeah yeah because he fell for the honeypot was that, i gotta look this up now
0: oh, oh where I'll he know. fell for literally a russian spy and was feeding in, in Information to a russian
1: spy allegedly yeah they, he was only married for eight months yeah which did is, you
0: do you not know the story of this no i oh I, my I mean, god i
1: heard when he got divorced let's, and i was let's like let's talk well, about i don't i don't like getting into people's personal stuff let's talk jason it's incredible
0: so they go oh i can't remember exactly where it was well, I, boy! they go to i believe like the nordic countries and they go like on this huge as him and his buddies go on this huge like casino trip all right sounds good then they decide that they're going to cross the ocean or across the sea, wherever the hell they were, into Russia and do like, go at the casinos there. He happens to find a very beautiful and attractive and very nice woman there while he's at the casino on vacation. And that's the one he falls in love with and marries, only to immediately find out that there were lots of security issues with this one particular woman that where she was suspected to be a
1: Russian spy. Sounds great. <laughs> So a compromised member of Congress.
0: Oh, totally. And that's just the beginning of all his crazy scandals. So after the coke and orgies party, if you guys haven't heard, there was also the picture of him wearing lingerie. Yeah, I saw that. He looked like he was having fun. He was having a great time. He looked also coked out of his mind, to be honest. <laughs> he got cited twice for going into an airport with a loaded handgun because he's an idiot.
1: Got to bring your gun everywhere with you.
0: And then the most recent one was of him humping his friend, like his friend's face, <laughs>
1: while in a hotel room naked. I believe we call that a blowjob where I come from. No,
0: it was way too aggressive (laughs) to be a blowjob man (laughs) that that kid did not want what was happening to him (laughs) and it it was just so bizarre and my favorite my favorite part about that whole video is he like all of these stories he has to go on and like rebut because it's so bad (laughs) and he does it in the dumbest way possible so for the video where him humping his friend's face naked he goes out and wheels in front of like an American a gigantic American flag
1: (laughs) of course
0: <laughs> and goes how disgusted he was and how disappointed he was about how these horrible like activists who are trying to smear him by posting and releasing a video of was him. it
1: was it released by the cocaine and orgies who knows club we
0: still have no idea but <laughs> my favorite part about it is that he said about this video from his early
1: 20s isn't he like the 26? dude is
0: 26 <laughs> his early 20s yes. is two years ago man yeah <laughs> He humped his friend's face like three years ago.
1: And well, that's what I mean. Like, I, I don't care about any of that. That's his own personal business. So like the fact that that's like this huge scandal that loses in the election, I don't necessarily agree with that. I'm, I'm glad he's gone. Like I said, he is horrible. One of the worst senators cheered on the January 6th yeah. insurrection. I'm glad that he's no longer in office. He shouldn't even be eligible to run. Oh, his, I, I completely uh, agree. He committed treason against the United States.
0: And if I will also say, if you're not like Jason, although Jason, I would also recommend you do it too. <laughs> just look up Madison Cawthorn's Wikipedia page just do it because it is absolutely hilarious i i feel bad for him because unfortunately he did get into a car accident that's why he's paralyzed but every story in the wikipedia article is like basically the article saying and Cawthorn said blah 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 blah. but that's not true because blah 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 and like it's this article that's just fighting against itself the entire time where he has like debunk Cawthorn's own personal story it's the wildest roller coaster i've ever seen in a wikipedia article so if you haven't go check that out because it's hilarious, but at the end of the day, he did very closely lose. By the way, it wasn't even like it was a blowout; he just barely lost to state senator Chuck Edwards. Two days later, he did concede, or he did concede right away. But then two days later, he did tweet out this, which I thought was very fascinating. "Quote: When the establishment turned their guns on me, when the Uniparty coalesced to defeat an America First member." Uniparty, people- yeah, right. Like
1: you mean the the GOP? Like I don't know, man, <laughs> or the the democrats are like oh we must we must uh interfere in the republican primary to get rid of madison cough or i don't think they cared he goes on to say very few people
0: had my back which i mean you're a mess dude come on this list includes the lion's share of figures that came to my defense when it was not politically profitable
1: so and i,
0: I put this list on here jason yeah
1: so that's it's kind of a confusing sentence where you're like very few people had my back but here are the this people list are. includes. <laughs> yeah so he's saying this list the people that did have his back.
0: So I, I just want to throw this list out there to see like some of the names that are on this list. We got, I don't even know who this is, Darren Beatty. He's the first one on the list. Yeah,
1: Beatty. I would assume Beatty from Revolver. I, New. From Revolver.
0: <laughs> Uh,
1: this is the first person. Uh, though. We have Tucker Carlson. Who was probably also not invited to the cocaine orgy parties. So that's, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She definitely was at the cocaine orgies. President Donald J. Trump. He's the head of the cocaine orgies club. And I, this is my favorite one. The great Charlie Kirk. No one's inviting Charlie Kirk. <laughs> that's
0: why he put the great charlie kirk
1: i oh my god steve bannon steve bannon got banned from the cocaine orgies because no one wants to see him naked wendy rogers i don't know who that is and i
0: I also love that some of these have a period after their name and some don't (laughs) the typical liberal grant in parentheses okay joe guy joe guy
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what is this
0: Chairman Michael Waitley, I don't know who that is. Nope. Joe Kentu who I whom I endorse wholeheartedly.
1: Don't don't know who that Republicans is.
0: Republicans for National Renewal, which sounds like a pack. I have no yeah. idea
1: they gave me money the nra yeah uh, as we talked alex about. bruzowitz don't know <laughs> michael Knowles, I-, I know who he is he's
0: the crazy guy from Daily yeah. Wire. matt gates
1: <laughs> matt gates was yep. hosting the cocaine that's the thing like i don't have a problem with matt the gates cocaine is inviting
0: underagers right right party. i
1: don't have a problem with the cocaine orgy parties but d- as long as matt gates is not bringing anyone
0: Paul Gosar, <laughs> white supremacist. Racist, yeah. Scott Parkinson. I don't know who that is. In all caps, DC Drano.
1: I don't know who that is. Rogan. It says Rogan in parentheses. Is that the Joe Rogan? Joe
0: Rogan guy. I don't know. DC Drano. What is DC? I'm gonna look up DC Drano.
1: Cernovich. I assume that's Mike Cernovich. Yeah, it's Mike Cernovich. David McIntosh. I don't know who that is. Rand Paul. Hey, we found someone who likes Rand Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Rand Paul's no, only friend. DC Drano is not
0: <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> Rogan O'Hanley is a Turning oh. Points USA ambassador,
1: so he's a TP USA guy. Okay, well, I could I could see Joe Rogan being at the. Uh, he would be, definitely be pro cocaine orgies, so <laughs> I guess that makes sense.
0: And then the NRA. <laughs> nra just the nra
1: because they also give me money oh uh, because he loves guns so much he can't stop bringing oh them into my airports
0: god what a loser man what a loser <laughs> i'm so glad he's gone i mean don't get me wrong the guy who beat him is also pretty bad he's not madison cawthorn bad though
1: right and yeah I- yeah madison cawthorn not not uh qualified at all to be a congressman was horrible
0: well and what makes this even better is that cawthorn was also well He basically said it on twitter that he was going to run a against the um the republican party guy so basically he may even try to run as a third party candidate still please do
1: america first party (laughs) please madison Cawthorn. oh it'd be great every republican who loses these close races needs to run in the general as a third party candidate
0: so but at least we have a little bit of good news from the primaries and that madison cawthorn will no longer be a leader of the united states of america
1: so let's get to some of these little bit quicker news items uh, before we close it out. All right. We, this is kind of like a very recent news. Sources indicate Joe Biden is nearing a decision on canceling $10,000 of student debt per borrower. Cancel culture, am I right? <laughs> this decision is met with some skepticism and pushback from people that were hoping for more, well, say $50,000 yeah. in student debt, which would be more helpful full. There's no guarantee that even this 10,000 will happen. Well, it so sounds like he's just going to finally decide whether or not he's going to do it.
0: No. Well, so let's talk about that a little. I would argue, I mean, first and foremost, what's well, not surprising that he's not going any higher. This is literally what he campaigned on. And we talked about that when he was mm-hmm. running, you know, we were already upset about that. Number two, he didn't just, I was, I'm i going to go on a point and argue that he didn't just decide to do this. I mean, he this has been on his radar since day one. He's wanted to do it. He was initially hoping hoping he's been on record hoping that Congress would at least give him something to sign and he was using as another reason to try to break the filibuster but we know how well that went so he also said very bluntly that he didn't want to do it via executive order because he knew that it could potentially get struck down in the courts in fact most likely be struck down by the courts so he wanted Congress to do it so he could just be easier that way it looks like now he's just going to try to do it because he needs something because he's got nothing to run on in the midterms well he's not running but Democrats are so my god do something man it's what
1: i've been saying for quite a long time do something you re- well it's again like i <laughs> Everyone keeps making every excuse in the world for Joe Biden of like why he can't get anything done. He ran his campaign as the guy who can get things done. Everybody else, the more liberal, the more extreme, you know, Bernie Sanders cannot get anything done because they're too extreme. I, Joe Biden, I'm beloved by everyone, both sides of the aisle, no malarkey. Yep. I'm going to get it done. And he didn't do it. And it's not happening and he, he can't get anything done now. Yep. So I'm I'm not taking any of those excuses. Like that's the entire thing that you ran on was that you were the one guy that was going to be able to accomplish something because you're a lifelong beloved politician and you're going to be able to reach across the aisle and work with your old buddy John McCain. Oh, wait, no, he's dead. Um, I'll find somebody else that loves me and we'll we'll get it done. And <laughs> it's not him. He can't even get his own party unified. No, he can't. So I would much rather have uh, Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders in office that is pushing a much more aggressive agenda and uh, and not getting anything done. And they probably could do a much better speech, too, while you're at it. Versus Joe Biden, who is not trying to do anything, and even the little that he did run on, he's not able to accomplish.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: And you have a story about uh, Canadian Kermit the Frog here
0: I do! So (laughs) Canadian Kermit the Frog, Jordan Peterson, or Dr. Jordan Peterson. Jordan
1: B. Peterson.
0: Jordan B. Peterson, came out of the woodwork. Work to be a douchebag and then quit Twitter in a huff over insults on Twitter. So let's talk about that really quick. For those of you who don't know, the most recent issue of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition came out featuring
1: Yumi New. Does that that still exist? I thought that would die as soon as internet well, porn became. A tell thing. me about it.
0: So nope, it still exists, <laughs> and Yumi New is on the cover of it. And for those you who don't know, Yumi New is a plus-sized model. Sounds good, right?
1: Well, this is an erosion of Western values for sure.
0: Well, Pearson came back with, again, taking a break from Twitter because he was trying to do a mental health experiment, quote unquote.
1: Um, this is actually cultural Marxism.
0: (laughs) No, it gets even better, right? (laughs) To tweet a picture of the cover of the issue saying, quote, sorry, not beautiful. And no amount of authoritarian tolerance is going to change that.
1: (laughs) I don't, I don't find this woman attractive enough. And you will not make me find her attractive.
0: So he said that, and the entire internet basically replied saying, "Dude, you look like a bag of mashed potatoes."
1: Hey, he looks rough ever since he, oh, he uh, looks so bad. <laughs> he was in a what a coma in Russia, recovering from a benzodiazepan addiction, and because people and, he had, and his daughter gave him COVID,
0: and because people were mean to him on Twitter, he basically did the equivalent of like, "Before I leave this Facebook page, I'm going to leave this very long account of why I'm leaving this Facebook page," and just rant about how bad twitter is for your mental health and how mean people are (laughs) and
1: said that he was leaving
0: twitter altogether
1: while i'm being mean to someone else
0: Well, okay, (laughs) I want to make this very clear for me how crazy this sounds. Jordan Peterson, beloved figure on the right, and the father figure for crazy people, came back onto Twitter just to insult and bully a swimsuit model. That's it. That was his only reason. And people who stood up to him freaked him out so much that he left Twitter entirely by ranting. And you know what the best part is? There's a really cool line in this Newsweek article about how even though after he said he was going to leave Twitter, he then tweeted like four more times
1: in the same day that's everyone who says they're quitting twitter and...
0: now this is such a nothing story i understand but one i also just want to love laughing at jordan pearson so i want to have a funny story about how we can laugh at jordan pearson number two i want to make this very clear this is what like internet conservatism is now this is all that it is it's just trolling and
1: bullying people and then playing the victim
0: and then playing the victim
1: and saying that you are canceled
0: so when we hear about any of these people who are doing this remind him that what we considering cancel culture or leftist extremists all it is for conservatism today is unnecessary bullying of other people and then playing the victim card that's it and i'm gonna be honest jason this kind of scares me to where we're like if that's all that conservatism is today i don't know where that's gonna lead because if they have absolutely no foundation other than just bullying and making sure other people suffer
1: it's gonna get so much worse <laughs> well let's uh let's kill your light-hearted story uh, with our final story of the day speak of things getting worse and we're just going to briefly touch on this we had a whole episode about it but it definitely is a news story one of the larger news stories um over the time that we were gone roe v wade will be overturned by the supreme court as we predicted yep that's it story's <laughs> that's, over that's pretty much the whole the story. world sucks right there was a
0: hey jason aren't you glad to be a guy <laughs> You know what
1: I we I still have? have my privilege. I don't, yeah. I can reproduce all over the place with no <laughs> consequences. Ew, um. I don't like that phrase. You. <laughs> You're in my basement. Oh. Watch where you sit. So this was a leaked majority opinion draft by Justice Alito, uh, which, by the way, the, the biggest concern that the Supreme Court has over this is that this opinion got leaked. Not that they're destroying our democracy and bodily autonomy for millions of women going against the will of the people, uh, it's that this got leaked in the first place. Some of the quotes from this draft, We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion, and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision. Uh, You know, the Constitution doesn't uh, really mention a lot of things that we have federal laws about. I was like, just gonna say it. Say that. drugs. The <laughs> constitution doesn't say anything about that. But it's uh but that's
0: the cornerstone of his art
1: <laughs> Did you read his opinion? I yeah, I read like the first couple pages. It's very it's like what 38 pages? It's very long.
0: Right. And for the record, for those who want to, you don't have to read the entire opinion. I would highly recommend reading through them because it is freaking crazy to do so. The entire bit of this argument was all about how literally abortion isn't in the constitution, therefore we shouldn't have it. And B, the language he uses in the arguments can be easily supplemented for many other rightful decisions by the Supreme Court.
1: Well, I think specifically it targets the 14th Amendment. Well,
0: that's the point, right? Right. Because the 14th Amendment was used in these other cases. So when he's talking about these things and people brought these criticisms in the hearings saying that you do realize if you overturn this the way you will have it or the way you're arguing for it, you will overturn Loving versus Virginia, which is the idea of interracial marriage or the whole idea of... Of getting contraception. I think it's like something versus Griswold, so forgive me about that. And he, he addresses that in his majority opinion, but it's so poorly written. He literally says that, yes, I understand and acknowledge that the way I wrote this could easily sum out for any other 14th Amendment decision, but where this one's different is because this one kills babies.
1: I, I, I'm i not kidding. And, and there that, are plenty of people that say contraception kills babies.
0: And that is, that's not a direct quote, but it's a pretty damn close pair Phrase where the only reason why he thinks that this is gonna be fine, but the others aren't is because this specific decision, or Roe v. Wade and Plan Parenthood V Casey, kills babies. That is it. That is what our Supreme Court has come down to. There is no actual good precedent for this.
1: Not at all. The other quote I have from that decision is Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences. Which you know are the killing babies. Right. And far from From bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. Who cares? There's plenty of other Supreme Court decisions that have inflamed debate and deepened division, like, say, the 13th Amendment? (laughs) It it still doesn't, that that doesn't really matter. It is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives, uh, a.k.a. states' rights. Where have I heard that before? Well, and I want to
0: address this argument. You may have heard this before where people are now saying, because they never gave a rip about before, that actually a Roe v. Wade was a bad decision. It always should have been a state's rights issue. No, it shouldn't have. That's not how rights work, you idiot. Yeah,
1: and even, even rights then, are not something even that then, should be up when, to the individual states. Oh, I
0: know. And even then, when people were talking about whether Roe v. Wade was like the gold standard of it, the whole idea was to try to create a system where it was a balance of power between the individual and the state. They still gave states rights in Roe v Wade and they upheld those states rights in Planned Parenthood v Casey. If it was already a bad decision, they would have not have upheld it in Planned Parenthood v Casey. The problem was they could not find a better procedure to deal with abortion because they couldn't get around the 14th Amendment without ignoring starry decisis and loads of precedent. Sorry, I'm upset.
1: <laughs> that's honestly that's why I wanted to close with this one cuz I figured you, you tend to get a little uh, heated with this topic and just it
0: it makes me i'm so sick of the dishonesty with the whole and now i'm seeing tons of freaking billboards everywhere about how we need to be pro-life and i'm not sure if you're seeing this jason i've always
1: seen like my it go anywhere in the countryside in wisconsin
0: yeah but i'm seeing in milwaukee now man i don't see them usually in milwaukee now i'm seeing them over there too where they're and this again
1: makes me very angry
0: where they're saying oh the heartbeat can be viewed within 18 days
1: you can make a heartbeat or whatever you want to call that in a petri it's dish it's not a heartbeat outside of a it's not a it's not a human life it doesn't no there's no indication of
0: and that's what makes me so they're literally lying to people spending millions and millions and millions of dollars just lying to people about these things where they're ignoring the evidence they're destroying women's lives in the process And they don't give a rip about any of it drives me insane man stop well, we're voting gonna,
1: republican we're gonna have to have more babies if a lot of them are gonna get murdered in school by uh people with assault rifles so, so I think maybe that's that's their plan, is, you know, you got to keep that population up. Oh, God. It's going to be like
0: the new version of like the farm family. I keep the population up. You're just going to expect that one of your kids are going to get shot in school. Right. Or so something. instead
1: of dying of disease or right. whatever when they're, you know, six months old, they're going to get murdered in school or, you know, in a movie theater or...
0: Oh, little Timmy a- made it to the eighth grade. Good for him.
1: <laughs> any public place. So uh, you're going to need to have a bunch of kids. And again, as we talked about previously, this decision would eliminate federal abortion rights and leave control of family planning in the hands of individual states.
0: Which also, I would argue, is also not true. Where, yes, it is a Republican talking point saying that, well, technically overturning Roe v. Wade does not overturn abortion, or does not make abortion. All it does is just just leaves the power in the hands of the states. Until literally a Republican-led Congress that could happen in 2022...
1: Make an anti-abortion... And do
0: a nationwide abortion ban. Right.
1: That's the plan. But even that aside... I'm just saying, like, this would happen... Immediately, once this will have, like, this draft has already been out there. This is what they're going to do. So, once they actually make this ruling, abortion will immediately be banned in Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Georgia, Idaho, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and wyoming and it would be expected that it would also be quickly banned in florida indiana montana and nebraska who have all passed uh, anti-abortion legislation in the past and have a majority state congress that is republican is, well is not only just republican but also anti-abortion yeah so that's uh 26 out of the 50 states just immediately day one more than half the country and again we're not going to spend a ton of time on this one topic. We're already kind of running long, and we have we have a whole hour plus episode on abortion. If you want to look at like what our thoughts are on the subject, what some of the statistics are. And, and, you know, why we are passionate about it. I think I, neither one of us particularly enjoys abortion as like a primary birth control method, but still a very important human right and a decision that women should have about their own reproductive autonomy.
0: This is going to destroy so many lives, man.
1: Because abortions will continue in those states as they always have. Even, you know, abortion used to be illegal in what every state except Kentucky way back when and it still happened all the time and lots of people died uh, getting illegal abortion procedures and uh, we're going to go back to that. Well, and what makes me even
0: worse is that this is going to affect communities of color the most. That's what's going to hit the hardest. And, you know, I didn't say this when we we're talking about the opinion, but what drives me even more crazy is Alito even gives Clarence Thomas a shout out in his opinion saying that abortion was actually meant for eugenics purposes. Throwing that little bit of misinformation in there right, the, to control uh, the
1: black community. The Planned Parenthood Uh, A founder or whatever myth about eugenics right
0: so they're throwing more information and lies out there just to destroy these communities which it will absolutely will you're taking away opportunities from people you are putting them under extreme burdens when they are not prepared to do so and you are turning children into a consequence for accidents
1: and I mean the hard part about this is there's nothing like we can't recommend doing anything you can't say well you just need to vote or you just need to, there's this it's is too it, late this is it this is like this the 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 you action that needed voted. to happen for this was in in 2014 2015 yeah. and 2016 no the, the, the thing is you should have voted
0: you should have voted for hillary clinton
1: well and and barack obama should have pushed to get his supreme court nominee in front of congress like the the whole stolen which i will never give up. though the stolen supreme court seat mm-hmm. is one of the biggest you want to talk about like trying to overturn our democracy that was one of the biggest moments where our democracy was completely disregarded by the Republican party and at the time i think the sentiment was just well hillary's going to win anyway so who cares we're you know we're not going to fight this and <laughs> look at the consequences this is the consequence of that yeah so it's like there's not like all of what we we're just talking about is 100 going to happen there's nothing that can be done except you know if you have a voodoo doll of clarence thomas and alito use it use the hell out of that thing because that's the only that's the only thing that can uh change what is 100 going to happen here <sighs> it's good to be back you guys <laughs> aren't you glad <laughs> happiest podcast <laughs> on earth so. We'll leave
0: it there. We are happy to be back, actually. And we'll be back next week with more anger and fury. Because I'm sure there'll be something else we want to talk about, too. See you then. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you in the next episode. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at ThinkProPod. You can email us at ThinkProPod at gmail.com. And remember, when in doubt, think progressively. Because I'm a crazy motherfucker. And I'm so happy I haven't lost this yet. <laughs> On today's episode, where are we?
1: Oh, oh f- there goes. And San Diego, or San Diego. <laughs> uh, as the, uh, just, my mind yeah. went to baseball. Stop trying to get me to masturbate yeah. to this one. Oh,
0: God, that was a bad the Frog. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop that. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> That was my like attempt to. You know, he goes like he kind of goes crazy at the end before the curtains go up, and just guys go. <laughs> uh, that, that, that. Never mind, I'm just gonna stop.